0: Hello and welcome to another Bertie and Paul podcast. I am delighted to be enjoyed by Martin Henry. How are you doing? You alright? Oh,
1: morning Paul, yeah. all oh, good, thank you. You
0: alright? Yeah, so it's morning after her, what do they call it? Number four or the fourth episode or the fourth game in the Champions League. And uh, uh, Hendo's dying to tell us his experiences in the, the stadium last night, so... Uh, I, I'm not going to start ranting, I, I do apologise for our listeners, we've got loads of people listening but last week I just couldn't, I couldn't do a, a Joe rant, a Joe Hart rant about Celtic so I just left it, I went to the pub. So uh, Hendel, what was it like last night, we, you're coming to the game, expectations, what was it like?
1: Yeah I think, uh, I mean I was pretty nervous before the game. Um, just because it was essentially the game to make or break the group, wasn't it? Um, and unfortunately, now kind of looks like we are whimpering out the, the competition and potentially out of Europe all together. Um, so I was quite nervous about the, the scale of the task. Uh, you know, the it was a big night. It felt like a big night when you were in the ground. Build-up was good. Fans were right behind the team. So, you know, the, the stage was set for the the players to go deliver something. Uh, and after one minute, I thought the the roof was about to come off when this ball went across to face the goal. And you just saw the, the Celtic shirt going towards it. And then uh, it was one of those ones... I've not seen a replay of it. Um, it was the, the goals further away from me. But it was one of these ones you're almost... You can't quite tell how far out they were, but you were almost like from the angle you're at it almost looks like they're about a yard out, and how have they how have they missed it so I think uh, I think if that had gone in that that would have made the game obviously totally different um We then went through quite a few phases where they had a lot of the ball um and the clock seemed to be ticking slowly um but I feel like we had good good phases as well um Second half, it started to turn into a bit of a a bit of a war. It felt like it was getting quite physical, but ultimately, in that first half, we had some good chances and and didn't take them um, because for all the breaks that uh, Leipzig had in the first half, uh, I don't really remember Joe Hart having to make too many saves. Um, they were a wee bit. Uh, Toothless some of the time when they were coming forward, um, you know. So as much as they got the victory two 0 and their goals were, I thought they were decent goals they scored in the first half. I wasn't wasn't overly concerned when they were breaking forward. There was a couple of tactical things that were a bit of a concern, but wasn't thinking, oh my god, this is this this team's going to stick five past us or anything like that.
0: I, I see that that's the point. The point is, yes, no, what. The Celtic game last night is a strange one Because you go back to There's a lot of these Man United and Liverpool It's basically Man United players with Loads of podcasts and TikTok And they talk about The factor, like different players Like Tevez, what happened with him On a Saturday, different training methods And what always sticks out for me is Van Nistelrooy, Van Nistelrooy turns up At Old Trafford and he just scores Goals in training, he just makes the run Scores a goal, makes the run and Paul Scholes can find them. And that link-up play and that, just, that, that surety, is that a word? That the ball is going to be played around the park and then you've got somebody in the six-yard box just to put it home and do the hard job and make it look easy. I, I would argue now that our system makes it very, very difficult for the finishers to do the, make make the hard job look easy because... The systems making it making them very tired to actually do that one job that we need to do. Yeah,
1: you understand. I mean, I think it's yeah. I think the that match, that opposition, that's you know most likely you know Real Madrid are going to be the best team we play at home this season. The team we played last night are probably going to be the the second. You know, flip a coin between them, Shakhtar. The second or third best team we're going to play this season. So to beat a team of that calibre, you need you need to do everything well. Um, you know your basics have to be absolutely spot on. Um, and in some cases, you know that that wasn't happening for us in terms of you know our passing in the middle of the pitch. Um, and As I say, nights like that where you're looking for something special to happen and to get a big result, everyone needs to turn up and play their part. Um, And unfortunately, last night, um, you know, there were players who didn't. um, You know, and that's that's where Celtic have done well in the past in these big European nights. They've risen to the occasion and players who are, um, you know, not not world class maybe not even European class have elevated their performance to a level to get a result um, and a lot of the not I don't know how many of the players if we went through it man by man but some of the players last night didn't elevate their performance and didn't have the, the game of their life that they needed to have so that we could get that that result
0: Do you think that I mean i have got to argue back on you because obviously it's the first time we've talked about it you think you're right you think you're, you're... So you're saying that Celtic players need to elevate themselves to 9 out of 10s to get a result in Europe against, what, the 11th team in Germany? Is that what we're saying? Is that what you're feeling? Because that doesn't sound right to me. It well, sound... I don't
1: think... It depends how you look at it. I'm looking at it that you're playing a Champions League match and where they are currently sitting in their domestic league, you know, I'm ignorant to that. I don't look that up. I'd look at the the eleven men on the pitch, the team you're playing and saying this is a Champions League group stage match. It's eleven men v eleven men. But for an occasion like this, you know this the other eleven men are going to be up for it. They've qualified as well. It's going to be a tough game. It's tougher than anything we'll face domestically. And we need everyone to raise their level from a typical domestic performance to to a level that can see them. Um, you know, win a match in in Europe, um, which you know, for the last however many de- years we haven't we haven't done very often.
0: Yeah, okay, but so the, but the point is, so let's go back to the, the copy and paste analysis of Glasgow Celtic in Europe. If Celtic had taken their chances in the first half, we would have beat Real Madrid, Shakhtar, Leipzig t- twice. That really is the, the that's the synopsis, and then they say. And then what people say is it's it's a step up it's a, it's a level but what what I would say then is what why are we not doing why are we not doing that piece when we do it really really well usually what's going on now that we can't just convert chances? why are we rushing things so quickly i mean it's like okay so let's let's go for a tennis tournament. Hendel, you're the best tennis player in." I don't know. The West of Scotland, right? You're the best tennis player in the West of Scotland. You're playing really well. You're 13 years old. And then you go to a Lothian tournament or you go to, you go up to, where were they? You go up to that, uh, not Bridge Island, somewhere up there, right? So you go up there and there's these really good tennis players. And because of that, you start to speed up your game because you're not naturally relaxed. And that happens to, that did happen to you as a tennis player, I'm sure it did, because once you start mixing it with different players, you suddenly start to speed up your game. I think Celtic speed their game up to a point where it's it's virtually impossible for us to score because we're not in a relaxed state. We're just nowhere near where we should be as professional football players to actually convert those chances. I mean, Glackimakis yeah. last night the ball came out and he hit it. it was right beside you about 80 minutes 82 minutes <coughs> the game's gone apparently I'm hearing Sutton saying the game's gone I'm like it's 82 minutes at Parkhead Glacky as the ball comes out to him he hits that shot so quickly into the goalkeeper that you don't even see it it's a blink of an eye I'm like where's the, where's the composure where's the where's the just okay, let's just settle down here and knock the ball in the back of the net that was a pretty easy chance to score at any level so I would say Hendo I think so then to go back to my analysis so you go to the tournament in Bridge Island and, and you get beat for the first time and the second time then you go back to your coach and he says to you Martin you're swinging too hard there you're trying to, you're trying to force things you're, you're, you're hitting yourself too hard just slow down and do what you usually do in, the, in, in training then you go back to the tournament and you do better what I've seen of Celtic is I don't see that progression with Celtic as a sporting team, they're actually doing it worse. Would you... Am I just but, annoying you yeah, with my so crazy, crazy theories? Get my drift. No, I think
1: there's merit in the theory because ultimately, um, again, in a in a European match against stiffer opposition than you're used to playing week in and week out, you're going to have less chances, which means when your chance comes there's more pressure on you to score it might be the same the same ball that gets floated in um versus you know St Mirren at home um and you're not so worried because you know you're going to get about 10 of those balls and 10 of those chances will come your way but when you're playing uh Leipzig last night that that ball comes in and there's a sense of oh this is the chance we might not get another chance like this and you know you've just not got the the capacity to deal with that little bit of additional pressure, um, you know, and that's where someone, the great Henrik Larson, he he was, you know, as cool as a cucumber. It didn't matter the opposition; the finish was the same. Um, whereas, you know, people have, yeah, people have compared Kyogo a little bit to Larson early on with the movement and speed and stuff, but Kyogo misses quite a lot of chances as well. He's not—he's um, not as clinical as someone like Henrik Larsson was. And again, when you go into Europe, you need to know that when you get one chance, it's a goal. Um, and at the moment, we don't have someone up there who can cope with that, who has that mentality, and is able to just deal with that. The—you know—the one of the Kyogo headers last night—you know—that's—that has to be a goal. It's just. You know, there's, there's
0: no excuse, it just has to be in <laughs> see, I know, but that's interesting but see, thing is does, so again mentality and your physical condition does that not go like hand in hand so like I'm going to give you scenarios lot another scenario like if you're not fully, you're also confident so you look at Arsenal now their mentality, same game plan, same stuff now, but they're they're able to beat a Liverpool team three two, and get through the game. So what you're saying is that the Celtic plays Saint Marin or Saint Johnston, which I mean we can't talk about that game, but actually realistically we've got that same set of chances and we're scoring a couple of goals, but when it gets to that stage where my head through or whatever, we're thinking about the whole premise of what's going on the stadium and we're not able to cope with that that demand
1: Yeah I mean I think the worst or, worst or best example of that last night was that one you just touched on um, <laughs> I mean I can't even say it without laughing That Maeda, he does so much good work to end up stealing the ball and then breaking forward he's got yards of space in front of him and uh he just keeps running in the straight line like he does and then just hammers this ball <laughs> like out the stadium. I mean, I thought people were going to get ejected. They were going so mental at him last night when he did that. It was, you know, but that's, you know, he'll, he'll have practice running through and training. That's not the first time he's ever done that. And I bet in training there's a bit, there's a bit more to... to to offer that's that's someone who's suddenly gone oh my god i've got all this space i better make sure i don't mess this up and then you know absolute panic mode set and he just fires it he's not doesn't want to keep keep hold of the ball um so yeah i think that that was probably one of the, the the best examples of um someone just you know head going um during the match when they when they were bearing down on goal and what should have been a really really positive situation and turn it into an absolute negative
0: okay, so let's. OK so let's look at we, look we're all men now jeez whatever age we are but look at the Tony Watt scenario so Maeda's earning more money than Tony Watt Maeda's an international player we're making him a, a better player his statures there Tony Watt as an 18 year old boy or 19 year old boy runs through against one of the best teams in the world the best team in the world at that time and scores a phenomenal goal and just does exactly what he's supposed to do Mike Lonesque against Argentina is it the fact that he didn't have anything in his head joking aside yes, he, the- just, he just did exactly what he was trained to do and he just went for
1: yeah, it. Yeah, it's just a bit of being a a young guy um wanting to take on the world and just, you know, absolutely fearless and not thinking about the occasion just running through on goal and and taking a taking the the shot on um but yeah, I think that 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 that's probably a good comparison of someone who didn't feel the pressure, didn't feel the magnitude, just went out um fearless um, whereas our, our players last night, you could tell we're carrying a a bit of fear around not wanting to to lose rather than kind of, I guess, the kind of gallusness of just going out there and, and getting the win and mega self belief.
0: But is that, is that not. I'm not going to talk about Ange, well not today with you, but I'm going to do it. Because, yeah. Is that not. See, I just. I am shaking my head and I just don't see it. We're playing the 11th team in Germany. They've got a new manager and basically they just played away last night, played away, played away and then by the time our defence was knackered they scored two goals and just said see you later on. That's basically what happened last night. I know Dan's probably thrown, crashing his car just now but basically what happened last night is they played away, played away made sure we get a bit tired and then scored a couple of goals. I mean Tino Weir what he does to Jovanovic last night is Jovanovic is so tired. They just flicks it one way, flicks it the other. He's he's play he's playing with him. He knows he's got him on a string, puts it across, lose his name, the big boy with the ponytail. Just touch goal, bang. Two nothing. Game over. See you later on. And you kinda of see you kinda of think to yourself they've thought this through and they know exactly how this is going to play out because they've got a number and and then coupled with the stuff that you're talking about with Maeda running and shooting and trying to take people out of the crowd <laughs> I mean you're, you're not setting somebody's not setting the team up to to, to win what, what about in the, you
1: I was just going to say but seeing the first half when um, Leipzig were coming down that left side in front of me yeah. Tactically, they always had an extra man. It was one of these bizarre situations where Juranovic was always one v two, and Abada was almost being asked to to play inside rather than you know stay out wide and mark a man. So it I, I felt like most of their attacks in the first half came down the left side. But I mean, it was a an easy play because they always had two v. One and it was right in front of Ange, so it wasn't. It was obviously how he had asked uh, Abada to play, because it wasn't like he was ever having a a go at Abada, saying you know, pull out, get closer to get closer to their back or anything. Um, so Juranovic was probably knackered because he had to defend against uh, a, an overlap all the time. Oh, well, uh, in I the think first
0: he is half, half, knackered. I think that I think so. My sort of we thought process last night we've kind of touched on was: is it the pro, is it the process, is it the system, or is it the players? And here's another one for you, handle. How lonely is it to be a Celtic player out there in that system? Just think about that for two minutes. Four, three, three. It's a pretty lonely system for your midfield players in the modern game, unless you're a top, top talent. So let's look at Grealish. Grealish looked a bit sort of braggled last year when he was playing for Man City, but now he's he's working out where he's got to be and he's becoming the player he should be or, or wants to be. I would argue that Celtic's 4-3-3 system leaves a lot of onus on players by themselves to do stuff and do it right all the time. So, so for instance if you've got a 4-5-1 you've got 3 or 4 midfield players in the middle of the park and they're all close to each other they're all playing it's quick passes it's touch passes they don't need to re- you're in the midfield your defender can come out give it to the midfield player there's always 2 or 3 options and they're very close together I think the Celtic formation now actually makes people more individualistic and it's, it's, it's a harder shift Whereas if you were all closer together as a compact unit, we would we would maybe feed off that. Would you again? What are you seeing? You're right there. What are you seeing in that sort of terms?
1: I don't know because the the fullbacks are you know supposed to be drifting in, aren't they? They're supposed to almost bulk up the midfield when we're when we're going forward rather than. You know, hugging, hugging the touchline. Um, they're supposed to come in one. So the the midfield should have extra support in there. It doesn't, but does it? Doesn't. Uh, come
0: on, it's not that. That's not happened in Europe, has it? Since the first half, my, It's not happened. I mean, uh-huh. if Juranovic, if but, floats in, all he's thinking is, I am out of possession. I mean, that that's all he's thinking about now in Europe. Correct me if I'm wrong, but the minute if he comes in inverts his fullbacks. he's thinking I've got Welsh or Jans or whoever I've got sitting that's not capable of doing my job it's not a good position to be in I don't yeah. think they, have they done it did they do it last night did that it was too crazy for me last night I can I can't pay attention to what was going on but I don't think they did it last night did they
1: when we've got the ball we still do it yeah um, but we didn't we didn't keep the ball well in midfield though And I don't know if that was just... I think one of the things that um, I think was poor last night was um, Hitate's passing. And unfortunately for Hitate, having had such a a kind of pinnacle moment where he played well against Real Madrid, I feel like him and the team in general after that first half, that's almost been like the peak performance of the season, that first half against Real Madrid. And since then, there's been a dip, and we've not really been able to to recover the the form. But if if you're kind of key playmaker, which he he really was, he was the the guy in the middle because O'Reilly was sitting deeper, and Habsivanovic was playing further up, wasn't he? So yeah. Hatate was supposed to be the one that was you know pulling pulling it all together. He he was off the boil, so. That that didn't help at all. He's only a young uh, guy.
0: I mean, he's only. I, I don't know. I just. I think sometimes in those sort of games, again, this is just me going through it in my head after last night and last last week as well. I think like sometimes, like you've got a partnership at the back, which we don't have just now. So you've got your Carter Vickers Starfield, but in the middle of the park, you've got you've got McGregor, really. McGregor's such an an iconic Celtic player. Now he, he takes he has Barry Ferguson, he has the Paul McStay of the era. I'm not talking about skill, I'm talking about who he does and what all the stuff he does. Now, Hatati must be working off that all the time because he must know all right. I made a mistake there, somebody's covering for me. But you get into a Champions League game against a a, a German team you always you would be conscious of the fact that the guy that's sitting, he's sitting beside Rod Stewart and his son that, that looks after you in that game I, I think if he's somebody else in with him then it might have helped him a wee bit because just to get that passing rhythm going like every pass I see Hitati trying to force an issue or trying to force a, a, a get into the, sort of the the end zone quicker Was I think sometimes you've got to play your way into football games and I understand that off of your seat stuff at the start, my head going close, but I I think Celtic don't play their well, play their way into games anymore. It's just like let's go, pants on fire, thunderbirds, thunderbirds are go, thundercats are you know what I mean? I'm just gonna keep saying thunder, bring the thunder. Sometimes you gotta play yourself into any game, like in a tennis game, handle you don't go bananas first game, do you? Did you ever do that? You played your way out of the game? It, de-
1: it, it just depends because that is how Celtic will play. And, you know, if Celtic go up the pitch and score after a minute last night, um, you know, the game, I'm pretty confident, would have turned out in our favour. Um,
0: see, yeah, see,
1: again and again. There's not, I, we, I, don't, we don't really have a player who wants to... who can... Um, McGregor can do it but even McGregor's McGregor's instincts are always about moving forward and you know there isn't really I guess the last player to do it was Scott Brown who would happily retain the ball and just kind of slow things down and just uh, you know calm the play a little bit you know everything is just you know full tilt all the time Um, the only time it's ever really calm is when the ball's at the back and it's not really calm because you're reckoning it that someone nicks the ball off the defender or (laughs) Joe Hart slips or, you know, so so you're never even calm at that point. Um, And they they were using two men to press last night up front, so uh, it certainly wasn't a period of calm when the ball was in defence. But that's the only time that we actually really... um, stop and put our foot on the ball and there's a bit of side to side once it gets to midfield it's just firing forward all the time there isn't, I don't know a Neil Lennon who is comfortable playing the ball back the way we don't really have a, a central midfielder who ever passes back the way full backs pass back the way sometimes but in the in the middle of the pitch no, no one ever passes back it's, it has to be forward
0: so, so before we wrap up then so what you're saying is you go to the stadium Again, like, I can hear my anti clear shouting at me. You go to a stadium, it's a big European night, you're apprehensive, I'm apprehensive and I'm leaving there. All day, I'm like, oh, I hope we don't get thumped. Everybody, I'm And which you know what I'm like, I'm like a crazy man, I WhatsApp everybody. Everybody else is coming back. They, they, they're, they're getting the heebie-jeebies, you what I mean? And then <laughs> we put football players in a situation where they've got to run about... And they're also feeling that tension cut off the stadium of the fans. I don't, I don't know. I don't really know if that's a, 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 a fact. I don't need to know. I, I, I can see it isn't really a good recipe for people performing at their peak capacity at the moments that they should do. So Joe, dro- dro- what?
1: That's for them to cope with that. I know, I
0: know. Yeah, I get. I, okay, so okay, I get. Right, okay.
1: That's that top level. That's sport at the top level. It's pressure. Everyone, you know, penalty shootouts. Everyone can score a penalty in training when no one's watching, but doesn't doesn't matter how many World Cups you watch, some absolute world class player will miss a penalty because they can't cope with the pressure, and they've done it a thousand times before. That that is, you know that's top-level sport, is coping with the expectation, the pressure, and just being able to channel that and, you know, use it to generate a a strong performance.
0: Yeah, yeah, okay, so, but top-level sport is also you've got to do as your boss tells you, okay, or else you you lose your place. So the fact is, top-level sport, so basketball, have got timeouts, NFL, timeouts, tennis, Andy Murray, does his towel thing, stops for a break. Djokovic does it all the time. He stops and gets medical attention. Okay? Liverpool do it. Man City do it. Remember Rogers talked about retaining the ball, getting a break when you're on the ball. Now Celtic last week fundamentally let the whole Celtic family down by doing something that was totally inept. Like the, the, the the goal gets chopped off and Joe Hart passes the ball straight to a striker to score I think professional sport, you can't keep playing at full 100% tilt for the time you're allocated LeBron doesn't do it Like Tom Brady doesn't do it Messi certainly doesn't do it Ronaldo doesn't do it Ronaldo at the weekend picked his time he was running back, picked his time to score put in an effort I think Celtic are doing too much for their football players for them to be the person they should be when they're supposed to score the goals and win the game because it's too rushed and they're too tired or defend it or be a goalkeeper I mean you can't in that season we never spoke last week you can't believe how stupid Joe Hart was last week like that is a ridiculous thing that happened last week just totally ridiculous and So my question would be to you Hindo, is I understand it's top class sport But you can't play top class sport 100% all the time Like jorkovic wins, wins games 3-1 a lot Because the first set he just plays himself in there, he puts the boot down But he's not going full tilt I think Celtic players are, are, are being made to go too hard all the time And I think we're seeing the repercussions of that When they're missing ed chances against a middle ranked German team. I know he, yeah, I know
1: but then you talk about Djokovic though. So, yeah. Um he turns up in any kind of final he plays, he turns up. Yeah. yeah last yeah. night is the equivalent of a final and having to turn up. Yeah no. Not okay. every not everyone did. I think the other thing that uh kind of screwed the put to last night was um the subs were just not not quite right Um, one I don't know I don't know why the clock hits 60 and we have to make a change Um, it's almost like a habitual thing now rather than um, the flow of the game because if it was the flow of the game and the the form players then Perhaps Savanovic stays on, and Maida comes off,
0: yeah yeah, yeah, um, That's all right, yeah at what time, but at fifty minutes,
1: which didn't happen, um which was a bit of a which was a bit of a head scratcher, also at the point that the subs were made, we're still you know we're still going for the win, um, so I mean don't get me wrong, I think Hatati needed to come off. Again, because he wasn't having a, a a positive enough influence on the game, but I don't think Moy was the
0: player to replace him. Moy was playing up front. Moy started playing in like number ten position. I mean, what was he doing? Uh, like, what did Moy do when he came on? He started playing up front. It's close to he it. hit. To be fair, he played he well.
1: One, he hit one ridiculous outside of the foot cross yeah, into the box. And then he also went through on goal and should have just shot. I don't know how he, he didn't just shoot. It. He could have been an he absolute hero. Uh, and he just like hit the side, side pass. Um, so I don't know that that was kind of the right, the right substitution, the right player.
0: His subs. have been totally like I can do a whole thesis on how bad Postecoglou's subs have been this Champions League subs at seventy one uh, minute. And here comes Turnbull at seventy-four minutes. You're like what, Ange? What are you seeing here? Like these players are dead in their feet after fifty minutes. What are you doing? The only club, the yeah, only club, the only club in Europe that doesn't sub defenders. Even though our defenders are absolutely knackered, we just sub I'm our not. attacking players, and then we talk. We, well, yeah, I just don't. I don't. I'm not gonna rant. Maybe I'll do that later on, but. Yeah, I think there's so many learning points here for Ange Postacockley, so many learning points. And people keep telling me, Mikey Dow keeps saying he won't change, but you're like, he has to change something. I mean, he has to do something.
1: Well, every every good manager should evolve. Yeah. And their team should evolve. Um, So uh, he might not change his philosophy completely, but he has to to evolve it over time um, because... As I say it's just stuff. Some of the things that happen are kind of more, more habitual rather than actually looking at the context of the game and thinking, "Oh, let's let's make some changes to try and alter things." Because there's no way anyone who was watching that game, uh, for looking at the front three, would have said, uh, "Keep keep Maeda on and take off," because uh, Kyoko came off at the same time, didn't he? Take off. Kyogo
0: and Hapsivanovic. I mean, it was just like, sorry, what? <laughs> so, that, <laughs> and, that, and that's the thing as well. The thing is, which I, when we've had these conversations time and time again. My brain's always thinking, would a Ferguson win that game? Would a, would a Davy Moyes win that game? That like group of players, would Gordon Strachan have done better? Like you know, Strachan's sitting, you know, Strachan's sitting in that thing, giving it this smug weak go go stuff. But would somebody do better in that position on, on that particular game?
1: And I don't. Uh, and I, and do just going, keep it tight, keep it tight, keep it tight, keep it tight. Yeah, and yeah. I'm just going, attack, attack, attack. Just be <laughs> as open as you want. Um, so it's a totally different. It's just a totally different philosophy. Um, but you have to if you're going to do that you need your players to execute it and our players didn't execute it and they have to take the chances when they come and (laughs) they didn't do that and if you're not taking them and you're not being tight at the back you're going to lose matches
0: but I I don't think I think we are tight at the back like here's I mean again it's Paul and it's Wednesday morning however the time is. but I think we are tight at the back I think we're very tight at the back for a majority of the game and then it gets to 70 odd minutes so this is me, right? So I play Joshua at FIFA. So I'm 45 years old. I play Joshua it's 11 years old at FIFA. Joshua goes Liverpool and I go Man United, right? Joshua plays the fast button the whole time. So I play away the hardest I can because he's 11 and I'm 45 with a neck injury and my hand's not working properly, blah, blah, blah. But I just keep going and keep slowing it down the whole game. And just try and pass away, pass away, pass away. Hendo, after 70 minutes... I put Rashford and shot front, drop Ronaldo back, give Cavani's give pension tell me go away, and I score goals against Joshua, against Dick Van Dyke and Vervibio. You know the reason why I do it, though It's because the FIFA players are knackered because he's been playing the fast button. We do the same every day. It's so only when I was doing it last night I realised that I'm basically like doing Leipzig's, Le- Leipzig's uh, uh, tactics for them. So it, it doesn't matter how good you defend At the end of the 70, 70 minutes Carter Vickers can't see He's so tired Aranovic is so tired I mean Greg yeah. Taylor must sweat three shirts out By the time he's finished it. I mean how sweaty is Greg Taylor I
1: mean, But when, got, when I talk about defending though, I'm talking about defending as a As a team And keeping it tight in the midfield as well And players dropping back in So the defence last night Did not have a bad night I didn't think I thought uh, Carter Vickers was excellent I thought Jens had a better game again because the last couple of games I thought he'd looked looked rubbish Um, but he seemed to uh, (laughs) Technical uh, analysis with a handle (laughs) uh, Just looked rubbish Uh, He he looked better and looked uh, looked like a good player again and the yeah, I thought the fullbacks had a, had a decent enough game and you know there was the duels were being won blocks were being made tackles were being made and I thought the, the, the back four were being resolute but when you know you're talking about striking and keeping it tight but he would have like five men across the middle of the park as well defending with their lives we don't have that at the moment um, and when you defend you're supposed to you know we attack as a team but we don't we don't properly defend as a team. Um, we press high up the pitch, but when a team's breaking on us, we don't we're not hard to break down.
0: Um many players. like all the Celtic goals in Europe, it's like there's nobody around. But there is people I, around but it's just me, sort of it's like not,
1: it's not about getting tired in the seventieth minute. It's not it's about not being um, you know, defending front to back. It's not about people and you know, not forming a a rigid line that oh, cannot be broken. Right. You never, you never see passages of play ten, fifteen minutes long where people just can't break the the, the, the Celtic <laughs> yeah. back. Hey, you know, people break the back line all the time. Um, yeah. And it's, you were making the comparison with Strachan. Strachan's team, as much as it didn't have any kind of glamorous defenders or players in it, um, you know, a few. You, you know, if you're thinking Paul Hartley. And Harry Robson were playing Champions League with about and Caldwell. It was mind-boggling, but they would, you know, set up and you know keep keep it tight. Is the, the level of technical analysis we're going to go in here? But they they knew their limitations. Whereas um, I'm not quite sure that, that Ange will admit that uh, in terms of our defence at this level that, that will be limitations, and we're not helping ourselves by um, playing as open as we are.
0: Okay, well, well, we'll, roll, we'll roll it up there because, yeah, I think I disagree, I, dis, I agree with you but I disagree but I agree with you if you get my drift. Like, I think you've got a team sport and you need people, everybody to work together to make that team do what it's supposed to do and I think when you've got somebody at the helm that's running, running the team very, very fast the whole time I think that once it comes to particular times, I think I've got 10 examples for you to show you that that we just fall apart because our players are, are tired trying to continue to do the methods that we've been told to do and I think Ranovic last night Tino Vienna just has him in toast he's just like ego. you go and Tino Vienna knows that because Tino Verna hasn't run about as much as Ranovic and everybody else he's just waited by this time and Tino Vienna knows that he's just got to put one good ball in for your man and that's that game over, as you say, because they know they can breach the the defence. Uh, but yeah, anyway, look like last week I didn't do the podcast because I was ran to Ravens. So I went to see Michael in the pub with some good fun. But I think this week I'm a bit more philosophical, philosophical about it. And, uh, yeah, Hendo, thanks for that. We might as well wrap up for a bit. I might speak to D-Dill later on, but, but apart from that, we're okay. Hendo, you everything good?
1: All good, yeah.
0: We need to. Martin's asked for. we will do a, a podcast with Dan Devaney next week. Well, I want to hear about your experiences, with your sons at the game, and what they took from it. But we'll we'll, we'll leave that. I've literally get people texting me saying, "How do how do you guys got on the game? How do how do got on the game?" And I'm like, I don't know. I've not spoken to them yet. So people want to hear not about me having uh, strange arguments with Posse Karkila and his lack of ability to manage a European team. They want to hear about how your son got on at the. The game the game last week. What was it? Mullawell? was it Simon? Yeah, uh, I mean, Motherwell. But, so yeah. yeah, so next time we'll get Dan on, he's not here. We'll get Dan on, we'll talk about that. And uh yeah, fingers crossed we we uh And maybe maybe Angel listen to the podcast, maybe. I don't know what I mean. You're, maybe I'll yeah. listen to us. anyway fantastic. Thank you so much. Enjoy your day, Chief. All the best. man, all the best. Take care. See you. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Oh, bye.
1: No,